and welcome to this week's show. In this show, we, as always, will be looking at what it takes to build your business so that it runs independently of you. You see, when you have a business that runs independently of you, you have way less stress, way more free time, a lot more profit, and your business sells for a lot more money when you decide that you want to retire, but you probably won't because your business is running away over there while you're doing what you love, or you may only work in your business with the hours that you like to do and doing the things that you love to do. Now today, we are taking a special look at female entrepreneurs. You see, the lady entrepreneurs have more challenges than male entrepreneurs. And you might react to that. Bear with me, you'll soon see. Interesting, as I prepared for this show, I was thinking to myself, what would happen if I came out and said, men have more challenges than women in building a business that runs independently of them? There might be a bit of an uproar in this modern climate. Also, you know, there's a lot of people out there now that believe that there is no difference between males and females. And uh, what typically happens is after every show, I get an email or a message on Facebook about someone that I have offended. It seems that people are really easily offended these days. So when I start to talk about the difference between males and females, and if you don't agree with me, Please don't message me with your opinions. I do think about these things a lot. I don't just come to my conclusions in a blind manner. You keep your opinions to yourself. You don't need to watch this. You don't need to listen to me. Anyway, let's get into it. So, one of the things that I've worked with, or, or one of the challenges that I've worked with with a lot of female entrepreneurs is simply this. They have so much to do. Let me paint a picture for you. A mother with two or three kids who's an entrepreneur. Now typically, and we call this a superwoman complex, and, and it's unlikely, to be honest, for a mother to be an entrepreneur without the superwoman complex, you're going to be a certain type of person to want to be in business in the first place. And actually, I just want to talk about that for a second. I love working with entrepreneurs. I love in my uh, Ignite Business Mastery program the, the group of people that I get to work with because they excite me. And why do they excite me? They excite me because entrepreneurs take risks. They're not normal. They're willing to give things a go. Other people don't understand the challenges that entrepreneurs have. They're real pioneers. So if you are an entrepreneur, listen to this, I love you. I think you're an amazing individual attempting to live such a heroic journey. So here's this businesswoman, and she's got children, and she's running a business, she's got staff. She's going to have, as I said, the superwoman complex. And she's going to be tr try and be perfect at everything she does. She wants to be the perfect mother. And when she's not the perfect mother because she's spending too much time in the business, she feels guilty. 
or ashamed. So she beats herself up and she'll drive herself more and more and more to try and be the perfect mother and make up for her guilt. And sometimes when she's being the perfect mother, spending a lot of time with her kids, which is what they need, she feels terrible because she feels like she's not giving her business the effort and energy that business needs. So you can see how torn a mother entrepreneur can become. They feel like they're not doing anything well. And we'll take this a little bit further because all this energy they want to put into their children and all this energy they want to put into their business and then feeling that they can't do both those things perfectly and the guilt that gets set up will drive them even more to work harder and to forget about themselves and looking after themselves. So we know that a lot of female entrepreneurs, if they've got children, will end up with what we call very depleted energy. Sometimes adrenal burnout. Because you can't just keep pushing, pushing, pushing and getting away with it. Oftentimes that leads to foggy-headedness, more stress, more, more feelings of being out of control, more feelings of having to keep on top of everything. But you're so tired, so drained, you just can't. And it sets up again this sense of, I can't get it all done. Now, to add fuel to the fire, we can look at another couple of patterns that are common to the female entrepreneur. The first one is their partner, right? So with a, they feel like they're not spending enough time with their partner, and sometimes their partner can get resentful because the, their, their wife is spending, or their girlfriend, mother of their children, spending so much time in the business, so much time with the kids, that the partner gets a bit weirded out and starts to pressure and guilt this uh, female business owner or entrepreneur. And so again, there's more pressure for superwoman to do even more for someone else, her partner, other than herself. And this is a tragedy, I reckon, because you know one of the reasons that I learned to build businesses that run independently from me is because I, I wanted to spend more time with my kids and my wife. I, I love my family. And fortunately, I learned at about 19 years of age when I first went to Hawaii, and uh, I'm hanging around these guys in their 40s, who just surfed as much as I did. Remember, I'm 19, I was a surf bum. And, you know, they had all the money in the world, all the free time to surf, very good quality swell, and they were travelling to Aspen with their families. And, of course, I went, how do they do this? And I started to see, see that they thought really differently. They set their businesses up so that they could live out their passions and their purposes, and they built their businesses to run independently from them so they didn't have to be at their place of business for um, unless they wanted to be. So they had all this freedom. So I had a model at an early age of a whole different way to build a business, which is really interesting because I've been around business people all my life before that in Australia and New Zealand, but most people in Australia and New Zealand and this is because of the, the working and middle class thinking, I've got to work hard all the time, uh, the schooling system. They're all trained to be little robots, to be workers. And in 
my terminology, they're trained to be a resource for someone else, trading time for money, or a resource in their own business. When we work with our clients, we're taking them from being a resource to being a controller of resources. Now, if you're a controller of resources, you're not required in your business. Okay, you earn passive income or leverage income or scalable income. You can't do that when you are a resource in your business. So I was just saying that I think it is a tragedy when I see these mother entrepreneurs in this horrible place that's driven by guilt and shame and constantly feeling overwhelmed, constantly driving themselves and having no time for themselves. Okay? You need time for yourself. It is healing to the psyche. You all know that. When you have two or three days off, your problems look smaller to you. If you have challenges and problems, the more you work and the less you rest, the bigger those problems seem. So time off allows you to rejuvenate and you start seeing the good things in life. You start getting a bit more positive. Your energy starts to come back and even more importantly, your unconscious starts to work for you and you start to get, aha, little breakthrough ideas about how to deal with those challenges and problems. So it's one of my passions in working with the female entrepreneurs to help them set their businesses up so their businesses run independently of them. And when their businesses run independently of them, their business, like the goose that lays the golden egg, provides them with income and they don't have to be at work all the time. They don't have to feel the pressure to go into work. Now they've got more time to be with their children, which is a wonderful, beautiful thing to do, a real noble cause. And secondly, they get to spend time with their husband and even more importantly, they get to start to look after themselves, get their health back, their energy back, their passions back. And this is all about how you structure a business, who you put where, how you breed your team. These are important things to know if you are in the situation that I have just talked about. Now, another element that I'll see with a lot of my lady business owners compared to the men is there is another pattern that gets played out. And that pattern looks like this. They come from a sisterhood. So I'll just use a real specific example here. So in my past, I have worked with a lot of salon owners. Now, salon owners have often done hair apprenticeships. So here they are as a 16-year-old, a 17-year-old, and they're with all their girlfriends. Their girlfriends, they're working inside them doing their apprenticeship. They all go out together. They're all connected. And they all chat about the boss. They all talk about how the boss is up to this and up to no good, and they could be better if they did that. And so in the sisterhood there, it's a real bonding that happens. Now, what happens 
as that person completes their apprenticeship and then they go off and they start working for other salons or in the same salon, but now they might be a head stylist, as an example, or heading towards being a head stylist. A similar thing. They're just with their friends, bonding all the time. They might have more responsibility now, but at this point, they don't own a business. All of a sudden, they become an owner. And to be an owner, you have to be able to set boundaries, to discipline when required. And uh, by the way, if you use my recruitment system, if you join me and come and work with me in one of my programs, um, you'll find that because of our recruitment system, you're just going to recruit such good quality people that in reality you never have to discipline them because they're self-correcting machines, because their own internal value systems means that they will live up to the same standards as you as a business owner. They feel guilt and shame when they make mistakes or don't live up to their own high standards. That's like working with peers rather than adolescents and children. But for the most part, uh, for the most part many of you watching this don't understand how to recruit effectively, you don't have good quality systems, and that's not being demeaning to you. You're not a psychologist. Um, you don't know what you really do need to know to recruit effectively. That's not your fault. You weren't trained to be a psychologist. So what happens is here they, be, they, they end up being business owners, but still on the unconscious level, they're attached to the sisterhood, and they're deeply worried that the sisterhood won't like them. They're deeply worried that the sisterhood, now the sisterhood of their staff now, will think that they're being a bitch if they discipline them too much. So the business owner becomes too sensitive around being disliked, being abandoned, being rejected. The business owner makes friends with the staff before being an owner. Now, I am an owner willing to really, really stick up for my standards, but that comes first, then friendship. Okay, You have to be a leader. You have to provide the vision. You have to stand up for your value systems. As I said, if you recruit effectively and use our systems, you'll find that you have value-aligned people on your team and just life becomes far easier. Regardless, the female entrepreneur has to get over this fear of rejection and oftentimes on a deep level, they have a deep fear of being seen as a, a bitch, a horrible, nasty bitch boss. Excuse the language, but it's just such a good word to explain um, what the female with the sisterhood is afraid of. And it's really interesting because a, a lot of people that have, or a certain personality style, you might be what we call a harmonizer. You love peace, you love, uh, you, don't, you don't like conflict. You really like the harmony of a group that's feeling really good together. Or you might be more of the outgoing type who's full of fun, likes to share stories and love to build relationship and love to inspire and empower others. Uh, but again, you don't particularly like conflict. A lot of those types of female business owners, and male business owners, by the way, don't really understand how to be strong about their boundaries and still be liked by people. 
And so another word for this could be assertiveness. So assertiveness is a an, a, an approach, a, a tone. You know when someone's being assertive. They're being very firm about something. And in assertiveness, oftentimes people don't react badly to assertiveness. But if you're the type of business owner, as I said before, with those traits of harmoniser or sort of the empower motivator type, you don't like conflict and you've not learned to be assertive and you're afraid of being perceived as a horrible, mean business owner, you will avoid setting boundaries and disciplining and standing up, which is going to be required if you want to be able to build out a team who will run your business independently of you. I, I think a lot of this comes down to, and it's interesting because I was in the car with one of Australia's top academic lecturers, psychologists, cognitive scientists, and computer scientists yesterday. And we were talking about the difference between uh, males and females and the common viewpoint that there is no difference. And he was saying, look, uh, the female is wired to be more nurturing than the masculine. So I think this breeds a lot of the, the trouble I see my female business owner clients having because they're so nurturing and they, 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 want, they want to have such deep connected relationships with the sisterhood that it sometimes doesn't serve them as a business owner. So... What does it look like when you have a business that runs independently of you? Well, first of all, so this is for the ladies listening. It means that you have put in place a leadership team. Now that might just be one person. It could be two, two, two people. And these leaders are able to make decisions on your behalf. In fact, they are trained and they're expert and they are possibly better at you at managing or leading a team. That would be a wise thing to do. And therefore, you can trust them. They would have incredible work ethic and an incredible value system. They would be managing your team. And your team, if you used our recruitment system, and you can try and learn this on your own, but it'll cost you a lot of money and take you just years and you'll make lots of mistakes, if you, were, if you were using our recruitment system, you would be ensuring that your team, each member of your team, was the perfect fit for each role. So as an example, we're all very, very different. Um, I love working. I love everything I do in my business. Why? Well, I love it because everything I do, I enjoy doing it and I'm naturally good at it. So it sits within my strength profile. Now, it's the same with my team. My team are doing jobs that are within their strength and gift profile. So in one of our mastermind groups yesterday, we had a little bit of a joke about it because if I had to do spreadsheets and little detailed stuff, I'd want to slip my throat. It'd be just like, oh, I don't want to live anymore if I had to do too much of that. However, if you run a business and you're not, or you don't have spreadsheets and good quality data control, you're in trouble. So fortunately, for me, there are people out there 
who love being super organised and taking care of data and working on spreadsheets, they get high when they're doing that. It fulfills them. So when you've got the right people in the right place, productivity increases, everyone's happier, uh, there are less mistakes made. So many people put the wrong people in the wrong role because they don't understand this. Now, isn't it great? Because that person, by the way, that loves doing spreadsheets, they couldn't stand doing what I'm doing right now. Just looking at a camera with the microphone, communicating. They don't want to do that. That's too stressful for them. They don't enjoy that. So here you are, you've got your leadership team, you've got your staff in the right roles, and not only that, if you use our recruitment system, each person in each role would have an intrinsic value system of the high performer. So they would be highly conscientious, and if they made a mistake, they just feel really bad about themselves and their sense of self-esteem, their sense of self-value, their sense of worth comes from doing the job really well and to high standards. Now, this is really important to understand because unless you've got a team like that, you can never build a business that runs independently from you, which is why it's so important to understand the recruiting information. And again, we have it. Come talk to us if you're interested in finding out about it um, because it really is important that you have people on your team who have the value systems that I'm just describing. You see, when you've got what we call high-performer staff in place, you, you can go leave your business, go spend time with your children, and they're not going to work any less whether you're there or you're not there. You've also got your systems set out. Systems have been uh, really, de really honed and developed so that uh, it's what we call operation efficiencies in the systems. Things work smoothly, easily. There's no breakdown in communications. Different departments work with, with other departments. So as an example, a common one is the systems that are put in place between a sales department and a client fulfillment department or the admin department. These systems have to be worked out and optimised and put in place and systems manuals must be put in place so that uh, your staff don't have to bother your team leaders and don't have to bother you because all the protocols and information are in the systems manuals. These are things that we help our clients build out in their businesses as we start to move them through the technician stage, which is working in their business, to the conductor stage, which is starting to work on your business and controlling resources, and finally the independent stage, which is your business is running without you as much as you like. Okay, I love working in my business, so I don't build myself right out of it. I love what I do, but at least I've got the choice to. Anyway, I hope that really helps you. If you're interested in contact us, uh, let us know. If you're interested in finding out a bit more about the recruitment system, I've talked about that today. Or, you know what? Let me help you. Come and give us a call and I'll check and see what's happening in your business and what you can do to get your business to run independently. And finally, to the lovely ladies out there, I reckon mothering is one of the most important roles in the planet, if not the most important roles. Um, and one of my passions is to work with the female entrepreneur because I know when I make their life easier, I'm helping them be better mothers, which builds better children and helps create a better world. Thanks, everyone. Catch you at the next show. See ya.